0: Hello, good people. How you doing? How you feeling today? Welcome to another episode of the Pod Mind, a podcast by Chiromo Hospital Group, which is an ultra-modern, level five private psychiatric hospital in Kenya, and the only in Sub-Saharan Africa. This podcast is dedicated to demystifying mental health, and that's by advocating for mental health and creating awareness through having authentic and genuine conversations around matters mental health so while you enjoy listening to this podcast please remember that any information shared here does not qualify as a professional diagnosis or in this case treatment for any mental health condition press play joseph abunda um, who is a very active mental health champion and in addition to that um i'd also give when the time comes, just have the time to introduce himself um, further. Uh, on the panel, we also have Ian Kipangat, who is also a hospital psychologist at Chiro Hospital Group um, and is going to also share his information and um, insight on this topic. Joining us later on will be Dr. Nyamute, who is a psychiatrist, um, who will also um, give us a lot of information on what psychiatry is about. Um, She has just joined us right now. Thank you so much, Dr. Nyamute, for uh, joining us. Um, And in addition to that, finally, we'll be having a Piambo David, who is a pharmacist. So this is a well-rounded panel, uh, ready to work on breaking the stigma around uh, what security is and uh, understanding it better all in all, um, creating information and the right information around matters mental health. At this point, I'd like to welcome the moderator and hand it over to her so that uh, she can take uh, charge of the conversation. Kadha over to you.
1: Thank you so much, Pendo Chola, uh, for that really wonderful and great
0: introduction.
1: I'm really excited to, to be here today. I hope I'm clear, Um, hi panelists, Uh, and and I can't wait to have this conversation today. I think most of the most frequently asked questions around psychiatry is what we'll be delving in, uh, in that today, and I can't wait just to demystify what this is all about and probably help one or two people um out there dr nyamute you joined us um a little bit late but let me give you the opportunity to yeah in case there's something specific you'd like to say um, about yourself and then i'll do that with ian and joseph as well
2: um there's nothing specific um anyway i'm dr linda nyamute i'm a consultant psychiatrist at isiolo county uh yes for those of you who didn't know siolo's account it's a county by itself and it's not in marsabit or lodwa as i get told. but yes uh it. and i'm also an active mental health advocate and i love spaces where we talk about things mental health i'm also the founder of mental sphere which is an online platform where we create awareness on mental health so Yes, this is me on a daily basis, and I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Kazani.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Nyamute. I'm actually, I'm in the category of the people who've just learned that Isiolo is a county. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So thank oh, you. No, thank no. you for that. Um, as, as, we are del- as we are having this conversation, um, you are a psychiatrist. What, what is it that made you choose psychiatry? How did you? What determined you to go into that line of um, psychiatry?
2: <clears throat> okay, yeah. There are many reasons. Um, at the end of the day, we didn't say like there's one particular reason, but uh, for when you're in medical school, we're usually exposed to all rotations. You go to obstetrics, you go to pediatrics, you go to surgery and all that. So I think when we went to psychiatry and we went to mother, they I know this is strange, but when you got to Madhari, I was like, <laughs> "Yes, I feel like this, this, this is what I want to do." But that was undergrad, of course. Um, you get exposed to more uh, rotations, and uh, I think when I went for my internship, uh, it just solidified I did not want to do anything that was. I don't want to say this in a bad light but yes um like emergency and requests to me to be awake every night and interfere with my sleep and then I, I didn't want anything um stressful and also one thing probably you've noticed i talk a lot and uh, like give people advice but i'm also a good listener. so yes mm. they're listening they're talking yes both Thank
1: you, Dr. Nyamute, for that. I could see you looking for the politically correct words to use yes. on But I hear you. Um, yeah, and there we have it. This is actually really a perfect um, panel to have this kind of a conversation. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that you're here, and I really, really want to thank you for that. Ian has been one of the um, serving psychologists at Chiromo Hospital, Group just allow me to ask you the same question as dr nyamute like why psychology what um, drew you to to that um side
3: um thank you um what made me choose to do psychology growing up um i saw many people who are living with mental health condition and a lot of stigma surrounding them, you know, being um, segregated even by their own family. So when I learned that mental health conditions can be treated, I developed that passion to learn more about it and help people who are living with it and, you know, be among the people who are working on demystifying the stigma surrounding mental health. So it's one field I'm really passionate about.
1: Mm. Wow. And last but not least on this panel, we have Mr. Joseph Abuga. Um, Mr. Joseph Abuga is a psychiatric nurse. This is why I'm just loving this panel today. Um, Who who is a psychiatric nurse maybe and what made you um, choose to do that?
0: Please
4: unmute. Thank you. I'm an audio. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Good afternoon, my fellow panel members. As you are, I'm Joseph Aboga. I'm a psychiatric nurse uh, here at uh, Chiromo. Uh, basically, what uh, divided and drove me to psychiatry is from the previous experiences, uh, you know, I, I've ever had in psychiatry, you know, they, they, this uh, say that, uh, if you're not affected, then you're infected with, uh, mental health in one way or another. Unfortunately for me, one of my close relatives was, a, a mental health, uh, patient, and uh, it took a long time before people came and understood what is mental health uh, and there was no one who could be standing up for my own close family members to mitigate these uh, mental health uh, uh, calamity so until then uh i was a pediatric nurse so it was not uh, until i was personally infected mm-hmm. with this mental health issue then i decided to further in and I developed more urge to be a mental health nurse so that I can help others in broad to overcome these uh, problem which has been cropping into other people's lives, uh, both knowingly or unknowingly.
1: Mm.
4: I, I believe I, w- with time, we shall have to diversify more as we get into the program. Thank you.
1: Th- thank you, thank you for that. Let's just get right into it. I see um, time is really um, chasing us. So wh- one of the questions that um, will usually come out, and I really want um, the people who are joining this conversation or will find this conversation later to come out of this space fully loaded at least with um, information. So I'll start with Dr. Yamute um what what who is a psychiatrist what do they do what's the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist
2: yeah uh yes gadoni I agree with you that is a very commonly asked question um a psychiatrist just to try and make it into very simple language a psychiatrist is uh, a mental health professional with um medical background meaning that they have done uh medicine as their primary degree rather their basic degree their undergraduate degree so they go to medicine and then they come and specialize in psychiatry so as is the this is a person who will also be mostly dealing with medications the prescription uh, of the patient but uh, psychiatrists and psychologists work hand in hand so the psychologist now will come in to do the therapy which is equally very important at times I mean, depending on the disorder or depending on the condition the person has, sometimes even therapy takes precedence over the medication. So at the end of the day, uh, both professionals are very important in mental health and uh, psychologists mostly do therapy.
0: Mm.
1: And, and before i move on to engage um ian so a cardiologist is basically trying to look at the heart you know heart matters of the patient what yeah. what is a psychiatrist really focusing on and what kind of illnesses um, as well maybe if you could give
2: us like two or three examples okay so uh psychiatrists will be focusing on the mind so there's the physical brain where the neurologists come. Uh, we also work hand-in-hand hand with the neurologists. So them, they work on the physical brain. If you have things like tumors um, um, or cancers or growths in your brain or bleeds in your brain or an infection in your brain, them they work on the physical aspect. As we deal now on the functionality of it now, how you think, how you feel, how you behave, how you function within the community around you, how you socialize, how you go to work, go to school, basically what you do on a day-to-day basis. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, when those are interfered, they can, um, in one way or another, disrupt your day-to-day functioning. Mm-hmm. So things to do with the problem, uh, I mean, we said, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you behave. So in disorders, like um, the most common, Mental disorder, a lot of us know about is depression. So, mm. depression, of course, now will also interfere with how you think. These are people who have probably a negative perception of the world uh, because they, their thoughts are predomin- predominantly negative. Uh, how they feel, they feel sad all the time. How they behave, they really mm. want to be socially withdrawn. For someone with bipolar, of course, now they'll be having the exact opposite symptoms. They'll be feeling on top of the world extremely excited uh some uh, have very grandiose sort of thinking by grandiose i mean they feel overly confident beyond their abilities um mm. some will say they've been sent by god they're uh, jesus somewhere yeah and how they feel how they uh, they feel happy all the time they're overly talkative how they behave they're overly familiar with everyone so the disorders are quite many uh we have those that affect our mood we have those that affect our perception uh what we see what we hear what we feel so that's schizophrenia mm-hmm. disorders we have those that now addiction which is a lot of people know about everyone probably knows someone who has an addiction problem um, we also have disorders in children which we usually try to avoid talking about but it's it's there Yeah, so the disorders are plenty, but probably those are the most common. Uh, Yeah, including suicide, which we know as well.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, um, Dr. Nyamute. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, Ian, you are a psychologist. Uh, Who exactly is a psychologist? And while you're telling us that, there are also other terms like counselor, clinical psychologist, counseling psychology, Therapist, you know all these terms that are out there. So for somebody who is catching this conversation online, how would they be able to know, you know, who those people are or what's the difference?
3: Okay, um, a psychologist is someone who um, went to college and they study behavior. A clinical psychologist deals more with the uh, uh, mental health disorders, you know, like um, bipolar mood disorder, doing therapy for people living with bipolar mood disorder, people living with uh, psychosis, like the uh, Yamuche said, people with the disorders that affect the perception. So, a clinical psychologist deal with the mental disorders uh counselor does more of um behavioral but it's almost the same thing we all do therapy mm-hmm. so a psychologist is someone who went to school and they studied behavior
0: mm-hmm.
3: and we work uh hand in hand with the psychiatrist offer therapy and the psychiatrist with uh, medication also, a clinical psychologist does assessments or evaluation just to compare, not with the psychiatrist to, you know, to make a diagnosis. Mm. Yes.
1: Thank you, thank you, Ian, for that. Before I go to Joseph uh, and before I go to Care, let me just get back to Dr. Nyamute because you said that psychiatrists work with psychologists, and I'm just wondering for anybody out there how how would they know um, when to go to a psychiatrist and when to go to a psychologist
2: uh that's an interesting question for me my answer to that is always it doesn't matter wherever you start to see if you end up at the psychiatrist's office and what you require is more therapy will require you to the psychologist if you end up at the psychologist's office and they feel like you may be requiring medication or psychiatric evaluation first before they can proceed, uh, they will refer you to the psychiatrist. At the end of the day, um, it will be it will be a bit difficult to tell someone, if you see that you are having severe symptoms, how does someone know what severe is? You know, for us right. who are in the field, we can tell this is severe and this is mild. But for someone who, that is the one case they know, how do they know this is mild, severe or moderate, you know? So um, for me, at the end of the day, my advice is really just take a step, seek help. Uh, wherever you land will still be uh, offered to the right uh, office.
1: Thank you, thank you for that. It's okay not to be okay. And also, um, you know, in line with the initiative that we are trying to push out there, you know to Funguke just like Dr Nyamute has said you know speak out it's okay to seek help and really it, it doesn't matter where you start you know the most important thing is actually you've started and if indeed you're seeing you're dealing with a professional be it a psychiatrist or a psychologist then they are going to be able to refer you appropriately should you be at a psychiatrist and they think you also need to have um a therapeutic conversation then that is they will refer you there if you're seeing a psychologist a professional psychologist they are not going to go ahead to try and um describe medication you know on behalf of a psychiatrist or even just give you a diagnosis actually if you're watching this conversation um a psychologist cannot give you a diagnosis. The only people who can be able to do that is a psychiatrist. Uh, and that's also from another long conversation. And a diagnosis is not just, it's not a light thing. So you're not going to have one session and you live there you know, with um, a diagnosis. So it's, it's, it's from a long process of a lot of information that is gathered way beyond uh, just that patient only family as well meeting a criteria (coughs) um, assessments done so it's really it it's it's quite a process and even the psychologist would refer you to a psychiatrist um for that collaborative process to work well for the well for the benefit of the patient i was going to go to joseph but he's uh dropped off, I'm happy to be joined by David Othiambo. Um, How are you, David Othiambo? Please tell us about yourself um, and, and what you
5: do. Hi, Gavoni. How are you? How I'm are you fine, thank you. Can you hear me? Pleasure. Yes. It's a pleasure mm-hmm. to be here and apologies for joining you guys late. So I'm Odiambo David, that's by my name. I'm a pharmacist by profession, currently working with Novartis, a regulatory affairs associate, and I run a program on mental health that is Reculture health, and social innovation. Just a disclaimer, uh, whatever kind of insight I'm sharing would be affiliated to reculture work, but not Novartis, so that is good to clarify so that somebody doesn't say I'm speaking on behalf of Novartis, no. But All I right. share my insights and support the conversation in how we can improve access to mental health care services and ensure we have a healthy society.
1: You've actually come at the right time of this conversation. We were just trying to figure out who sees a psychologist, who sees a psychiatrist. You know how that 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 does 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 that conversation go? But before I ask you a question, um, one of the other questions that is usually asked, and just ask Ian this: Do people actually need to see both? Do you need? Does an individual need to see both a psychologist and a psychiatrist? Or can they see one
5: only is that to me or to ian
1: to ian
3: um you can walk in and see either a psychiatrist or a psychologist uh let's say for example you walk in and you see a psychologist and um the problem you are presenting with the uh, needs for the evaluation they refer you to a psychiatrist if you walk in to a psychiatrist and they evaluate you and they feel like you need to see a psychologist for therapy then they can refer you to to a psychologist so yeah. um it's it's a multidisciplinary approach you can see either psychiatrist or a psychologist then if there's need for referral you're going to be referred to one
1: I, i hear you and i see dr nyamute is quite ready let me just throw in something else just for clarity because this is a very very pertinent part of conversations um with with patients and people in the public so if i have a psychologist uh why do i need to see a psychiatrist to give me medication and we'll talk about medication again. Or if I have been seeing my, I, I go and see my psychiatrist and my psychiatrist gives me medication monthly, but why should, why do I need to go and see um, a psychologist? So I'm, I'm approaching this question from, do you need both? Should you see both? Do you have to see both or not? Dr. Yamute, welcome.
2: <coughs> um yes um i understand where the question is coming from um just a minute sorry um uh, as i was saying um sometimes when you come to the to the psychiatrist depending on the or the psychologist depending on what uh illness you have the severity of the illness you come up with a treatment plan or a management plan together with uh, your psychiatrist uh I'll, I'll i'll assume psychiatrist because if you need medication you definitely need to see a, a psychiatrist for that um uh sometimes for some patients in a lot of cases when we are dealing with things like maybe severe depression or someone who has had um a post-traumatic stress disorder and they're having quite significant symptoms affecting their life Uh, this is not someone you'll want to 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 live without therapy In as much as they need medication they'll still need therapy so sometimes we have and it's not uncommon we have um, spaces where we're incorporating both therapy uh, Mm -hmm. and medication so we ask them um, to see maybe the psychiatrist after every one month, but every week they still continue with their therapy sessions. Um, That's very, it's usually interesting because uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes the patients cut off seeing the psychiatrist because they're like, I've been seeing my therapist or they stop seeing the therapist because like um, I get my therapy session from my psychiatrist, but you see, no one can take the other's role, we all do different things in this space. Um, The other thing, maybe the only time you may see one is maybe when there are some psychiatrists who specialize also in clinical psychology. So in such cases, you have a Mm one-stop shop, (laughs) something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Right. Um, Thank you. Thank you
1: for clarifying that. Um, and, and, And I like to use the analogy. Uh, if you go to a hospital and you're sick and you've been admitted in that hospital and you're told you have to do tests. So even though the hospital is capable of running all those tests, they will have to call in for consult. Yeah, if they were like mamas, you know, like cats, there's something wrong, then they'll call in a cardiologist or they'll call in a neurologist. They'll call in the nutritionist because you need to have um, a conversation about you know, intake of the food, and this is just to emphasize on Dr. Yamute's, uh point of we cannot take each other's place. However, there are some special scenarios where you will find one person who's done both, and in that case, you 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 can benefit uh, both from therapy and the psychiatric part of it from one person. So there is that. Joseph at where do psychiatric nurses come in and uh, you know as you're telling us that I, I know there are a lot of people who don't know we have psychiatric nurses and what they do and where they work um, mm-hmm. i see david is agreeing with me very well so at, at what point do psychiatric nurses come into um, this conversation of mental health
4: <clears throat> so just uh... To pick in from where my colleagues, uh, Dr. Nyamute and uh, Ian, have left us. This is a multidisciplinary. This is like a. These are like a three-legged stool where, say, the psychologists, the, the psychiatrists, and the the nurses, they team together for the well-being of the patient. Now, That's after true. like uh, a patient has seen the psychiatrist, he or she has been prescribed some medication, the psychiatrist will hand over the patient to the psychiatric nurse. So most of the time, like uh, 90, 80% of the time, the patient will be spending the time, if he is admitted in a hospital with the nurse, with the psychiatric nurse. So the psychiatric nurse will be able to implement what the psychiatrist has prescribed for him and also as to implement what the psychologist uh, has suggested that this kind of a therapy is good for you, this is what is best for you. So uh, a psychiatric nurse will be like taking the overall uh, care of the patient uh, and reporting the feedback both back to the psychologist like this patient for the whole, the better part of the day, this is how the patient was, this is how he was behaving or how she was doing she did this what i suggest needs to be done to him and and uh, as well as uh attempts there are sometimes where the patient cannot fully express he or herself to the psychologist or to the psychiatrist and uh, uh at that time as a nurse you can observe something that is interesting which you will report back to the psychologist or the psychiatrist like uh this uh, this patient has been changing or his or her behavior is not that normal. So we we int- we are like an interlink between the patient and the and the clinical the psychologists and the, as well as the psychiatrist and other team, like uh, even the nutritionist where we will come and tell him like this patient has something like bulimia nervosa where like she feeds and then she goes and throws up. You know? So we are like uh, uh, a link in between the patient because we spend more time uh, with the patients uh, th- than the others do. Because at night we are the one who, like, watch how long do they sleep, how is their sleep pattern? Uh, uh, are they having any kind of uh, nightmares? Are they sleepwalking? Are they how is your, their sleep? Uh, and in general, monitoring their all always uh all-rounder uh mood evaluations and then reporting mm. back effectively to the, uh, <laughs> the psychologists at uh, uh, the psychiatrists as well thank yes. you yes
1: thank you so much um joseph for clarifying that in, uh very very well we just actually celebrated nurses week for the first time um, in the world, and I'm really honoured to have you in this panel. Nurses actually really do a lot of work where patient care is concerned, um, and truly, truly, we can't do without them, literally, or we can't do without each other. So, even before you go and see your patient, you you want the nurse to actually be able to tell you how has that patient been, because they also spend a lot of They they actually spend more time with the patient than any other practitioner um, out there, be it mental health or physical health. So we do appreciate the work, and thank you for clarifying that for us. Now that you brought in the conversation of medication, and I'm so glad that we have a pharmacist um, in this panel. But before I go to you, David, uh, let me ask Dr. Nyamute. the question is when i see a psychiatrist will i have to be put on medication yeah because then the the myth uh or or rather the the fear or the anxiety out there is you know i don't want to see a psychiatrist they're just going to put me on this medication and everybody will think i'm crazy or not well so just
2: tell us about that um at the end of the day there'll be an assessment done uh you come you talk to your psychiatrist these are the kind of uh, difficulties i'm going through these are challenges these are the symptoms i have i'm having difficulty sleeping i'm having difficulty maybe eating focusing uh or maybe i'm having unusual experiences where i hear voices or i hear people calling my name and they can't see them you know so you explain to your psychiatrist what you what you what you're going through uh mm-hmm. from you come up with a diagnosis now, even so, with the diagnosis, we have um, different diagnoses have different uh, severity uh, forms. So now, depending on how severe it is, or how, or what kind of difficulty you're with, that now will necessitate the need or the lack of uh, medication. Now, mm-hmm. here's the catchy bit because I know that that is really a very common line that um, a lot of people uh usually have or rather it propagates stigma and prevents people seeking help and um, the reason why a lot of people will come to the psychiatrist's office and get medication is because a lot of people wait until it's too late until it's it's been there for very long it's severe it's like your last resort like you know the one that you've been pushed against the wall for. Mm. so what happens at that time by the time you're coming chances are it's been so severe but for people who seek help early and maybe have milder symptoms um, and have mild symptoms or mild episodes they may or may not get uh, treatment Mm -hmm. sometimes someone comes maybe for example they've lost a loved one maybe a week ago or something and they're feeling a certain type of way that's not someone with medicate, you know because we don't we don't we don't expect it to be a stone with no feelings and no reactions but uh so that's someone you probably send for therapy to get some psychological um assistance um you know uh, guidance and all how to handle the grief but uh now when it becomes prolonged and it's now affecting other aspects of their life um, sleep for example how they eat how they interact with other people then to that point again it's a case-by-case basis Uh, they may require treatment. But again, not everyone who comes in uh, to a psychiatrist's office gets medication. The only reason is because people wait until it's too late to enter the psychiatrist's office, by the time they get in, most of the time the disease has progressed, the illness has progressed uh, further.
1: I'm so glad that I'm having this conversation today. This is a really stellar lineup of panelists today and you know thank you Daktari for 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 highlighting that because um what just to reiterate a bit not every patient who enters a psychiatric office will come out with a prescription or carrying medication yeah the difference also comes in at what point do you go and because of very many other beliefs like witchcraft and trying very many other things before you get to that decision. Sometimes in terms of severity, things have gone a bit too far by the time you're going to see that um, psychiatrist. So it might seem like in most cases, you're getting medication, but also it's at what point um, did you come into treatment? Yeah, I'm glad Ian is here. Mm -hmm. Ian, because I know Dr. Nyamute said you will see a psychiatrist once in a month, you will see a psychologist weekly. And one of the things out there is also that uh, medication has like some side effects. So if a patient comes to you, maybe as a psychologist, you either notice they're having side effects or maybe they complain to you. um, Let me not use the word complain, just raise a concern that probably they're adding too much weight, uh what else have i had uh, they're dozing they're dozing maybe what what would be your role then there
3: um like i mentioned before we work as a multidisciplinary team so when I, let's say for example a patient's a psychiatrist a week ago and uh the appointment for therapy is this week and there is a concern that they're having side effects. um i will go ahead and inform the psychiatrist you know update the psychiatrist on the progress of the patient and then if they need to see the patient then maybe the patient can be contacted by the uh psychiatrist office to come in for review so where i come in as a psychologist is by updating the psychiatrist on the progress
1: i i don't know if it's my my network but you know thank you for highlighting that because um you know, even the clients, the patients, they, they are human beings. And sometimes they will be going through experiences or you could be going through experiences out there and you're wondering, is this supposed to be normal? Am I supposed to be feeling this way? And really, I just want to challenge you to always, to feel free to act. At the end of the day, you know best how you are feeling, yeah? Uh, even better than than whoever who is seated on the other side of the table. So, it is okay to actually verbalize and then from verbalizing that then you can actually get a confirmation to yes you, you will feel like this for a certain period of time or no um i i hear you so that something can be done um you know about it and if you can't if you don't have an appointment with your psychiatrist at that point then this is also a conversation that you can also have there with, with, with a psychologist and a good psychologist will ensure that they help follow that up with the psychiatrist you know where beneficence is concerned we're just trying to do what is best for that patient David 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 thank you welcome back I I just want to engage you a little bit um and are there some medications that uh are are, be, are better than others? Um and, and what determines side effects? I mean, now that you are in that space of medication.
5: <clears throat> That's an interesting one. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say there are medications that are better than others. Based on what contribution Dr. Nyamutem highlighted, in terms of treatment of a patient you di- diagnose, that is the first thing. What condition are we treating? Then once you've diagnosed the patient and that, that actually diagnosis has been made, then we look at the criticality and the severity of the condition. They are mild that you'd consider having psychotherapy, just talk therapy and all that. But then we move to the point where some people have severe conditions or the, reti- the diagnosis is a critical one that they need to be on medication. Then the question is, what medication are they being put on? That would be based mm-hmm. on the discretion of the pharmacist and the physician, that is the psychiatrist or the neurologist, depending on where they're being taken care of. But in terms of the medication that would be better or not, the only challenge we have is, we all know the products that are currently, you can buy medicine from anywhere and everywhere. And oftentimes, one thing that we have to acknowledge is, for psychotherapeutic medications, the medicines that are being used in treatment of mental health conditions, these are controlled drugs because beyond just managing conditions for those people who are unwell, there are people who are actually misusing them in terms of their trade, in terms of their own operations. So in that case, then they need to be limited in terms of access, who is going to access them, at what point and all that. And that is one thing that we need to be critical about. The other bit is there is an influx because there's high demand for them, both in the black market, people who are using them for the wrong reasons and also those patients who need them, who might not be able to some at times to afford some of the medicines. Somebody would import a substandard or a fake product and they would tell you this is what's going to treat you. So is it effective? Definitely not but at the end of the day, it has already been sold. Then the other connotation that normally people have is most of the mental health medication, the psychotropics and all that, these medicines, most of them have not been developed into the generics. So you find the original products that were developed by the initial innovator companies are the ones that are still available in the market. So the cost for such would be generally higher because they have to recoup the amount of money they invested in that kind of research to generate the, to develop products. Therefore, then the generics, would, which would be cheaper, if somebody buys a generic, they would say, it is, it's cheap, yes. So is it really associated with the quality or not quality? Because somebody comes to pharmacy and tells me, by the way, David, I want these medicines, the original one, not the generic. Why? Because they think the generic one is fake. But in reality, the generic is not fake. It is the same medicine. But there's that person did not invest in the research. So it's still effective. So the question is, at what point do we choose which medicine to use and how do we use it? And that is now mm-hmm. where the clinical specialists—that that is the psychiatrist, the neurologist and the pharmacist, come into the table, as Dr. Nyamute was talking about, a treatment plan. What medicines are we going to use the, to treat this patient? How? What is the criteria? Is, are they able to afford? Because even before you, no, you prescribe a medication and dispense it, you need to see, there, is the patient able to buy it? Because if you're prescribing a medicine, they will not buy it. Then of what use it is, is it. So those are the kind of things, but I wouldn't say there's anything that is, or any medicine that is superior to the other. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Thank you. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much. We really needed you in, the, in that panel. I know the question of medication is, you know, it, it's quite a big one. And, um, you know, it, it cuts across a lot um, because of what is found out there in the shells. There's also the part of, where we as individuals you know do not really understand like you've said we've not done enough research to be able to know um w- what we want or what are the available options and then there's also a cost implication so sometimes somebody might still be prescribed by medicine but the advice is this cheaper version of it that might not be you know, uh, as effective. So it it still goes back to the drawing board, <clears throat> to the psychiatrist, having that conversation, um, verbalizing your, your needs, your fears, and having a completely authentic conversation without fear, without fear of whatever it is, be it stigma, be it discrimination, be it fear of looking like you don't know. You would rather not know, but get all the information rather than go and ask that kind of information um, from somebody else. There is also sometimes, I would say, peer pressure around people outside there, not uh, putting in mind the question of also drug interaction. So somebody will say that, um, you know, I I was feeling anxious, so I tried this pill, maybe you can try that pill. You know, and you go ahead and, and, and try it out, not really knowing that how does that really interact with you as an individual with other medications? So I, I think this is just that we ought to be more careful. But because we have Dr. Yamute here, I would also like to hear her thoughts on that conversation. Are there medications that are better than others? What determines side effects? Um, where um, drugs are concerned? And we are about to wind up, but yes. uh huh. <clears throat> Please um, unmute.
0: Thank
2: you. <laughs> so I'm saying I think uh, uh, David has covered most, um, most of that. The only thing is, uh, for us, when it comes to our prescriptions, OK, let me speak for myself. When it comes to the prescription, normally we try to not um, um, restrict the patient to a particular brand. And that's because um, we don't know, we don't know the the, the pockets of this person, you know. What we are interested in is the molecule that is required to go and work for the the patient. Yes, Uh, so we usually want, if it's a patient who requires maybe an um, antidepressant, we just write the chemical name as it is, and then I think that is a war David, israeli has to has to pick from there because now they have to decide fine this is the molecule you've been written for these are the brands i have this is the original brand and these are other brands and i think um at the end of the day now that becomes a question of uh a lot of the time it's usually a cost of cost implications because you have to remember these are patients who'll be on this medication. It's not like, how are you going to buy an antibiotic, which is a five-day course uh, treatment and it stops there. For a lot of our uh, psychiatric patients or mental health patients rather, uh, it's usually medication that's used for a very long time, uh, for some a lifetime for those who may need it. So you have to consider this is a person um, they're spending there's a tablet i'll not mention which one the tablet that goes for about 900 shillings a tablet so you calculate that they need that every day uh some even twice a day so you can imagine um that every day for a month that's about 27,000. calculate that for a year that's about three hundred thousand or thereabouts calculate that for five years this person has already spent so much money uh mm-hmm. on medication want them if they have no insurance it becomes another uh strain so for us usually don't like to to restrict on the okay personally usually don't like to restrict on the on the brand you can suggest a brand but uh um, at the end of the day, what we're interested in is, is the molecule that will work. Mm.
5: Maybe wow, thank you, you so, so much.
1: Yes, please go ahead, David.
5: That's on the last bit when you're talking about the side effects and all that. We have to acknowledge that one key thing that, as professionals, we are cognizant of and we need to address is the fact that when you are treating our patients and you're taking care of them, we need mm-hmm. to be open and share as much information as they would need. And that is where now it comes to the point of telling them why are they using that medicine how are they supposed to be using it and there's something that you mentioned about drug interactions there's drug food interactions and any other things and because one key thing that i feel from a professional perspective beyond a beyond being a pharmacist i'm david i'm a human being i'm a member of the society and the very challenges that these members of the community the patients who come to me for guidance and for support as a professional they go through the same challenges that I go through on a daily basis. Maybe somebody is going out with friends, the kind of food they eat, the drugs they use, for example, somebody consumes, partakes of alcohol. Is, this, is there a probability that that alcohol will have an interaction with the medicine? If I don't endow, actually engage that patient to discuss with them such kind of issues, they would be like, oh, normally, what is the normal narrative for us as doctors or healthcare providers? I would tell you, stop alcohol, stop smoking, it's everything that we feel you should not take we tell you not to but the reality is why are they being still produced if we are not supposed to be using them it means people are using them and we have to be cognizant of that then now when engaging patients we need to tell them objectively this you should reduce of your alcohol intake or even stop it altogether for the period that you're using this medicine this is the reason for this particular guidance and therefore it makes it easier for the patients to adopt it two Oftentimes when I'm, let's say for example, a medicine has been prescribed and I'm supposed to be dispensing it. This person is, this patient already had been recommended another medicine by a friend who used it at one point in time. And therefore they've been using it. But because there's a new prescription, I'll dispense what I've been given. But because the other medicine they were using at home, which was recommended by a friend has been working, this person will now be on two two classes of medicine or even a, a double dose of the same medicine. So are we helping that patient, or are we actually killing them? And that is where now that kind of collaborative engagement, beyond collaboration within the healthcare practice we have psychologists, psychiatrists, pharmacists, neurologists, critical care nurses and psychiatric nurses. We are all part of the team. We understand the technicalities of healthcare service delivery. Then now let's move it from our own collaboration of knowing what is good for the patient from our vantage point to engaging the patient as a human being, to see mm-hmm. how is their life moving around. How do we make it better for them? And how do we continue the journey in helping them better? And I think that would actually solve most of the challenges that we're seeing in terms of medicine use, failure to use the medicine. For example, even when we talk about lack of adherence and compliance, oh, I took this medicine. I was not able to sleep overnight, and therefore I decided to stop it. But it's not that the medicine did not work. It worked, but that was a side effect that as a pharmacist, probably I failed to tell the patient. So then the the patient stopped using it. Who is going to mm. be blamed that maybe the, the psychiatric nurse who actually was administered the medicine the next time the, med, the patient didn't take it but we are transferring the blame to the wrong person for not doing what we needed to do at the start and those are some of the things that i need we just need to look into as well thank you
1: well thank you thank you so much we are tackling the conversation, Understanding Psychiatry one, and I'm joined by a fantastic, fantastic um, lineup of panelists. We are about to um, end this conversation, but there are some few questions that have come um, on our Facebook page, and I want to ask one to Ian. Um, it will be displayed uh, there. Let me just read exactly what it says. This is from... A lady called esther minor hi esther he says does it mean a clinical psychologist can prescribe actually it was to dr yamuti but um, yeah ian tell us can a cl- clinical psychologist prescribe
3: a clinical psychologist cannot prescribe medication prescriptions are done by the psychiatrist and this is because a psychiatrist has done an undergraduate in medicine before specializing in psychiatry.
1: All right. Um, thank you, Ian, for that. And also the model we use, because in the US, I do clinical psychologists can prescribe, but not in the UK. Another question is, will I be on meds forever? Will I be on medication forever? Yeah, Dr. Nyamute, will I be on medication forever?
2: Um, That's also a very common question you get. Um, At the end of the day, there's no blanket answer to that. What happens is uh, we get a diagnosis, uh, depending on your diagnosis, depending on the severity, depending on how you respond to medication, depending how many relapses you'll have, depending on your social support. There's so many things that will depend or rather determine your improvement, your clinical, uh, your improve improvement of symptoms and everything. So, all that will be put into consideration uh, before we decide, or, or rather, to determine who will be on medication uh, long term, who will be on medication forever. For example, um, a patient who comes to our office and has, let's say, mild. Mild to moderate depression, and for whatever reason they require uh, medication. Uh, this is not a patient who will be treated for very long unless, unless they have other episodes. So they keep having relapses, or uh, they have very poor response to treatment. So such things may may influence the person being on treatment much longer. Uh, also, if they take drugs and alcohol, which may reduce the efficacy of, uh, or rather the the functioning, or rather, the response to medication. Uh, so, but now someone, for example, who's had, um, let's say schizophrenia, which is a disorder of perception or bipolar, uh, this is, they've had, this is their sixth, seventh relapse, or they've been unwell for the past four or five years. Uh, and they also take drugs or the uh, marijuana and smoke, Two packets of cigarettes a day um this is uh, a patient who you have a lot of work uh, to do or, and also therapeutic work to do um when they're taking drugs and simultaneously with medication chances of response are also very low so at the end of the day when they have relapses again it's like you're starting from scratch sometimes you're even starting not even from scratch like you're starting from a negative from where you were the last time. So there's a lot that is considered uh, before we can say that someone will be on treatment for a lifetime, someone will be on treatment uh, for a year or so.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. But uh, one thing to note is uh, mental health treatment for, for the better part of it usually. Uh, is a bit longer than other treatments that uh, you'd get, or other prescriptions that you get from your doctor. One important thing, and just, sorry, I know I've digressed from the, the question, but one important thing is to never stop medication without informing uh, your doctor, because that, that is really, is really a, a straight ticket to relapse for very many patients, not everyone again, but for very many patients is really a, a ticket to relapse.
1: Mm. wow you've had you've had that for yourself in fact i'm not going to add any remarks um on on top of that and as we wind down the conversation ian how how is is therapy vital in the recovery of patient actually before i go to ian allow me to engage joseph because joseph is in the team or that literally just administers the medication when a patient is admitted and I'm wondering Joseph um, what if a patient says they don't want to take the medication uh, what happens and also touch on uh, if a patient is anxious because we know the myths that are out there you know these medications will slow these medications um, will make you worse how do you help ease a patient um, into knowing and understanding that um, this this is part of their treatment and even though it might not feel very good initially it will feel better how do you help um ease individuals at that you know that point when
4: yeah
0: uh, I, uh, it
1: like they're not understanding
4: yeah uh thank you thank you for that uh question uh, uh in um in, in our topic today this is a common occurrence it is uh we encounter it more often, like on a daily basis. You, we, we try to explain these analogies to the same patients, the same time, day in, day out, uh, until that time uh, he or she can uh, come in, into it. But faster, uh, well, what we normally do is uh, uh, we make sure, like uh, when the patient uh, uh, has some insight uh, or has some insight to to be able to know what. what what kind of a disease he or she is suffering from we try and psycho educate the patient about the 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 drug that is taking and this is where the uh, my psych- psychologist team will come in uh, and uh, try to uh, reason with him or her like because of this and this, like uh, this behavior you'll have to take this medication as per- according to the psychiatrist who had uh, prescribed it to you and uh, getting that info, the pres- the psych- the psychiatrist will have already told the patient like you'll be on this medication, and this will it, it will help you to uh, take this uh, or or like wear off this kind of such of, of symptoms. Like for example, if like, the patient was having nightmares, uh, lack of sleep. The doctor will prescribe that this medication will be taken only at night for one week, uh, and and then it will help you with your your sleep. Uh. So uh, <clears throat> uh, with that kind of information, and then we'll proceed to the psychologist Ian, who will help him on how to initiate some uh, sleeping habits, on how to train the the patient, on how to or to develop some good sleeping habits. So uh w- with that regards we'll come in as nurses to administer that medication effectively and uh clear off any kind of uh uh, uh let's say the hearsay but uh another major issue that is has been cropping up for this uh, uh um, yes this.
1: joseph or is it me
4: yeah, yeah it's me
1: <laughs> um Maybe the one of the panelists can help. Is it me or is on it's Joseph's
2: fine.
4: side? We were hearing him well. Were... Yeah, I I was. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what I was explaining, like, uh, there are some medications that uh we, we normally administer forcefully for to patients who are like in acute cases, like who are those are manic patients, or those mm. schizophrenic patients. And then uh f- for them we normally tell them that you will have to take this medication for at least like two to three weeks and, and that's where we, where we do like directly observe treatment and then th- this is the, the the minimum period where the patient will have s- start feeling the side effects the proper uh, and the medicative value of the medicine in, in him so like you uh, will not be asking you like uh this drug am i taking it for for how long I cannot see it's helping me but continue continuous continuous uh, encouraging the patient and assuring the patient that this drug uh, of course it will help you huh? uh, it, that uh, gives the patient some hope huh? that eventually yeah, something gonna be done and uh, it will <clears throat> help the patient like uh, take the uh, adhere to the medication for a longer period like once like uh, the patient has has the idea like i have to take this this medication for at least maybe a month or so
2: i think we lost him
1: um joseph i hope we'll 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 get you back but we are really running out of time and i want to keep to my promise to have this conversation to one hour i believe that also this is not a conversation that we can just be able to address you know in the one hour and hold this conversation again and there's something that was not addressed today please feel free to send us um those questions and then we'll send it to our panelists and we can see if we can do another session of um yeah just to continue with this so please without further ado just allow me to welcome david um followed by dr nyamute followed by ian to give us just their last words their parting shots
5: okay thank you so much i hope you guys can hear me well yes perfect thank you so, my, my last statement would be as much as we know there's a growing burden of mental health, there's something that you can do wherever you are for yourself, for someone closer to you, including taking them to a hospital when they need that help. Do that little thing that needs to make a difference in somebody's health in terms of their mental well being. If you can do it, that would be the best thing that you can contribute to. And I think we'll continue the conversation as we move forward. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, David. Dr. Ray. Karibusana.
2: I think um, it's very important to remember that at the end of the day, uh, where you start off, psychiatrist, psychiatrist, psychologist office doesn't really matter in my opinion. For me, what I think matters more is you have taken the right step to Mm -hmm. speak up and taken the right step in the right direction. You'll be led to the right space. And um, if you have... I think this one thing a lot of people forget any question you have, any concerns you have, whether it's about your medication, whether it's how long you'll be on treatment, whether it's whether or not you need therapy, whether it's a social factor that is ongoing, just bring those questions out at your psychiatrist's office. It's not limited to here's your diagnosis, take the prescription and go home. I think we moved out of that uh, that space a long time ago. Where I'm um, the doctor, here's the prescription, take it as I say, two tablets in the morning. Right now, ask your doctor as many questions as you want. Let them have a conversation with you. These are the side effects of the drug that you have. Uh, you still need therapy on top of this. This is how we do therapy. This is how many times you're coming. This is how we foresee, or this is rather how we hope your treatment will go. This is how we cope on this medication for. Uh, however, uh, it's not cast on stone. It may be longer, it may be shorter, and all that. I mean, just have that conversation uh with your doctor do not shy off a lot of patients shy off from asking questions we moved away from that era and mm-hmm. yes embrace more yeah having more conversation more awareness i think it will increase more uh, adherence and better results overall
1: absolutely thank you so much ian parting shot
3: um my parting shot will be there's no one who is immune to mental health condition it affects everyone um in that age gender or you know uh whatever you do in the society and mental health is just like physical health just like when you feel you know you're having a headache and you go and see a doctor it's the same with mental health
0: mm.
3: so they are manageable um when you feel you're in distress, uh, feel free to reach out. There's no shame in seeking help.
1: Mm. Thank you. Okay, thank you, thank you so much. I really did enjoy hosting you. Thank you so much for your time, um, Dr. Nyamote. Thank you so much, um, David Otiambo and Ian Kiplagat and Joseph Abuga in absentia. This is a Chiromo Hospital group live panel conversation happening every Wednesday between 3 and 4 p.m. Join us on Monday on our Twitter streets as we do another conversation on mindful Mondays and please do not shy away from bringing in any of the questions that you have even after you find this video is done. Um, And just my last quote of the day is something that I, I really use. If you get tired, Learn to rest, not to quit. If you get tired, learn to rest, um, not to quit. So give yourself some grace and rest. Kwaherini. Bye
3: bye everyone.
1: Thank you. Is a Chiromo Hospital group live panel conversation happening every Wednesday between 3 and 4 PM. Join us on Monday on our Twitter streets as we do another conversation on mindful Mondays. And please do not shy away from bringing in any of the questions that you have, even after you find this video is done. Um, And just my last quote of the day is something that I I really use. If you get tired, learn to rest, not to quit. If you get tired, learn to rest, um, not to quit. So give yourself some grace and the rest Guahirini.
3: bye bye